listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I am here with Jamie, aka the Seraphim. What's going on, man? Nothing much. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. So this week we're talking about single affiliation rosters versus dual affiliation rosters. Uh Jamie, you want to just kind of explain to the listeners what we mean here? Yeah, so a single affiliation roster means that you are focusing on only playing that one affiliation. Like you're only going to play Wakanda and then everything else that you bring is to change around your specific Wakanda squad that you're bringing. Whereas a dual affiliation is... You know, in your roster, say you have Black Panther and Thor, and you have enough Asgard and Wakanda that you could run either an Asgard squad or a Wakanda squad using the models that are in your roster. Perfect. And it was interesting because as I was first really starting to like dive into the competitive side of things, I think I was all in on the single affiliation roster. I was like, oh man, I just want to play Wakanda. I just want to have like all of these different options, Vision, Venom, you know, whatever. I want to be like, I want to be able to like maximize my list and just like have tons of options so I can just flex the Wakanda plan. And then as I started playing more, I started to like started to key into situations where I just feel like it would be much more advantage to have a different affiliation as an option. And so I've sort of drifted more towards the dual affiliation since then, going like, I want to be able to change direction pretty heavily depending on the crisis and that sort of thing. Where are you currently landing right now, Jamie? Uh, so when I actually started, I started with dual affiliation because I always like having the option of moving back and forth between, between the two, because you, no matter what you pick, you're going to find situations where you're disadvantaged and having that second affiliation, um, And as the game has progressed on, I'm still very much like I prefer dual affiliations because it gives me that option. But running a single affiliation and just being pro at that affiliation and going hard on whatever comes up and knowing that you have a resolution for that is starting to appeal to me a little bit more because there's a lot less you know, rock, paper, scissors, E in the squad building phase. Yes, that is definitely true. Uh, There does appear to be advantages both directions, right? Obviously, as we were just stating, when you have a single affiliation roster, you really get to like flex the flex the options like to a really extreme degree right like Mm -hmm. you're gonna bring almost every possible option that you could want to like this is how i want to tweak wakanda for this situation and this situation and this situation and this crisis and so you get tons of flexibility it also relieves some stress on your tactics cards because as soon as you go to affiliations you're gonna have two um affiliated cards in most cases yeah that's kind of kind of a bare minimum and that immediately makes it so when you're playing one or the other there's at least one of those seven that you're just or one of the eight that you're just not taking and it's Mm -hmm. possibly more like if you're playing web warriors and you bring venom you probably want lethal protector but you may not want lethal you know venom may not be part of your 
Asgard plan or whatever you're combining the roster with. And so you can still end up, or say like sibling rivalry, if you're playing Asgard and Web Warriors, obviously you're not taking sibling rivalry if you're not taking Thor and Loki, and you right. may not be doing that in Web Warriors. So it complicates the tactics card selection pretty heavily. And yes, so yes it does. For the listeners, if you're, if you're thinking about this, it's honestly, it's pretty easy to build dual affiliation rosters with characters. It's the tactics cards where shit starts getting real tough. But I mean, I, I would definitely say that 6,000-something Texas cards that we have and pairing it down to eight is by far the hardest thing in MCP without a doubt. Yeah, it's it's certainly been interesting. Like, I'm starting to get to the point where I have, like, with my preferred roster, I really have, like, a, like the five that I just love. And then I'm, like, one where there's, like, I could flex this one a little bit, mm-hmm. like, and try out some different things. But, I like, I've kind of fallen in love with a certain set. But I've also been finding blind um, blind obsession to just be really good. And so now it's something that I'm kind of like, I'm like, whoa, what do I think about this card? Because <laughs> uh, I'm just finding more and more situations where I like it. So it, you know, that's where it swings back around. And like, how do you make room for some of these other things in the roster? And takes a lot of, takes a lot of examination. Um, yeah, it definitely does. Now, let's talk about it from an opponent's perspective when you're looking at an opponent's roster, right? And it, how do you feel when you're seeing a single affiliation roster versus a dual affiliation, right? Like, does it, does it change the dynamics of how comfortable it is for you to build your team? Um, no, I don't really think so. Mainly because, you know, I'm building a squad that plays into the crisis that we're playing. And for the most part, what my opponent plays, there, there are some times where, you know, I'm going to put a little bit of a counter play in there. Like, if I'm sure that my opponent is going to bring in Killmonger, then I'm, and I have a, a very good high threat character that I know Killmonger is going to have an issue with, I'll, I'll probably try and bring that in. But that's more of an individual basis whereas you know single versus dual affiliation i'm playing towards the crisis you know they're either going to play towards the crisis or they're going to go on the ko strategy i mean for the most part you know if i have a wakanda asgard roster going and i'm playing it to deadly meteors i know i'm not going to take wakanda because i know wakanda is disadvantage into that. So that's more my thinking when it comes to seeing my opponent. Like, I'll try and counterplay specific characters, but I won't counterplay their overall affiliation. Makes sense. It, I, I do find, like, to a certain extent, it obviously feels just a touch more predictable when someone has a single affiliation roster because you're like, okay, there are certain things that I know that I'm going to face now where... Mm-hmm. Like we've used Wakanda as an example. If it's this Wakanda only roster and then you're like, okay, I, I kind of know the game plan a little bit of what they want to do. I'm almost assuredly going to be playing against Black Panther. So any Black Panther counters are obviously welcome. Um, and then depending on the threat level, you can like go like, well, Killmonger has to be in because we're playing 20 threat and they don't have Winter Soldier. So that means they basically have to play all four which then means they're probably also playing 
a six character unless they have Thanos. So there's there's a few things that you can kind of key in on to kind of like make it a little bit easier to predict what you're playing against. When there's two affiliations, sometimes it's harder to predict, but then other times it it also does get easier at the same time. Because right, just using, again, Wakanda as an example, if they're playing Wakanda in a dual affiliation sense, but they didn't bring Killmonger, and they don't have um, like a six and a five in their roster, they can't play Wakanda at 20. Right, yep. Um, and so there are times where the specific math of not having all of those different options can kind of lock them out of certain things. And so that that can also be, depending on the roster and the situation, both obviously have times where I think they become just a little bit easier to build against. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, there, there are definitely going to be situations where you can see the crisis combinations and looking at your opponent's roster and be like, I'm 90% that this is what they're going to take. And it turns out that, you know, that's what they're going to take. So, yeah. Yeah, there was, like, I was just playing a game with Black Order, and we did the full, you know, roster build, you know, role priority, and I won priority, and when I chose Extracts and I had Alien Ship as an option, I was like, well, the one thing I think I'm realizing is when I put this down and go, we're playing Alien Ship at 20, I think my opponent probably already knows what team I'm playing. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, like it's almost written. Like you don't know which tactics cards I'm taking necessarily, but you you can look down and go, Ike. My team can play Wakanda. This roster could play Wakanda at twenty. I had Killmonger, but I've uh, I've kind of specifically said that like I think my optimal team is Thanos plus Mind plus Corvus plus Reality Proxima Shuri Okoye at twenty is like my team with Black Order. And yeah, I like yeah. it quite a bit. So I, I, I do feel like, hmm, this is kind of an interesting feeling where I'm just like, I think he knows what I'm playing. I'm not sure I have any idea what he's playing because he was playing a Wakanda Cabal roster. And it was set up so that he could take, I, he had builds to go either way. And I was like, hmm, that's kind of an interesting thought. And so that's something I'll have to take in more. Like if you, if you create situations in your roster, where you can't build for a certain... Um, are there any like general build um, kind of trials or anything that you put your roster through after you kind of like, okay, I have this roster. Now I want to kind of see like how prepared for all of these different situations are. Um, is there anything specific that you do in that process? Yeah. So um, I sort of have a gauntlet set up where um, I'm going to go into Wakanda on Gamma Wave. I'm going to go into Asgard on uh, Meteors. I'm going to go into a kill-focused Cabal that's playing uh, extremist consoles or paracubes, something along those lines. And then I'm going to go into the 20-threat, Alien ship, Black Order, how many models can I kill in one turn type thing. Like, So those are the four that I'm mainly looking at. I want to put Guardians and Web Warriors in there. I just I don't know what crisis 
is most advantageous for those two affiliations. But once that gets figured out, that will get added to my gauntlet. Yes, I'm leaving out Avengers because Avengers is terrible and you only have them <laughs> if you want to have fun. Uh, well, I think with Web Warriors, just pick one of like the D secures, something like that, um, where you can, uh, where they can really take advantage of their movement shenanigans. You could just say like a baseline of like extremist console versus Web Warriors, something like that, where they can right, take right. around a bunch and they they don't mind the D lineup, and so that's that's a perfectly reasonable like, hey, what do I play into this? Um, I think what Guardian's favorite crisis is kind of a is a hard one to answer. I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but it it has been something where the the when you're taking single versus dual, it does get really interesting in your crisis selection because I feel like you can bring two very different threats, right? Where mm. if you have like a Wakanda-focused roster or even like a Cabal-focused roster, you may not love Deadly Meteors, right? Like you're like, I can bring Thor and Valkyrie as, you know, extra characters that could like flex into the team that'll kind of like help me out in this. But I'm still not sure I love it. It is nice that with a dual affiliation roster, you can bring some of these other crisis situations and be like, I can bring two very different threats. And I think that can kind of complicate things for your opponent when they're trying to pick like what, because there's certain like guessing step where you're like, all right, these, you know, I've dumped crisis X and now I have to pick between these two. How do they pair with what my, what I think my opponent is going to drop on me? Right, right. And right. if you're playing against Black Order and they have both cubes and alien ships, right? Like that's two very different possible threats and like how you want to pair them with the existing crisis. And so when when you can potentially drop two very different crisis on your opponent, it, I think it makes it slightly more difficult. And I guess it depends on the opponent, right? Where some opponents are just like, this is my plan. I'm going to try to execute it you drop whatever you want into it. And to a certain extent, that's a fair plan. But it is interesting when you have multiple affiliations, you can bring very different plans. But maybe that's, a, that's something that when you're playing a single affiliation, you want enough variety where you can change direction, right? And maybe like using Deadly Meteors as an example, and say you're playing Wakanda. If you do have Thor, Valkyrie in your roster then your ability to like play into a deadly meteor situation, you have that flexibility. So do you feel like it's kind of critical to like make sure you're not just overbuilding for plan A, but like really rounding out that single affiliation roster so you can cover more situations? Oh yeah, no, you, you absolutely have to. Um, I mean, you can pick one or two um, missions to which you're like, I'm extremely disadvantaged in these missions, and my game plan for these missions is to dodge. Uh, but that still gives you a breadth of other situations that you do need to cover. And I think one thing that should be done in a single affiliation is you need to have a game plan for fast missions and a game plan for slow missions. So you need to know what to do when the game's going to go super fast 
when there's lots of extract tokens that are giving out VPs, there's secure tokens that give a lot of VP so the game can go pretty quickly and be done by turn three, or it's a slower game where someone's using herbs and you're looking at a much more grindier style of game. Like you got to be able to have both of those game plans in there. Yeah, for sure. I, I 100% agree there. It's, it's definitely something where I'm, I'm noticing like whether you're building single or affiliate single or dual, and maybe they just give you different answers to the same question. But for example, I think the popularity of alien ships is going to be going up quite a bit more mm-hmm. now. Like now that we have characters like miles and we have characters like Corvus with reality and we have well-laid plans. I think there's going to be more teams that are comfortable and have an additional like solution to that crisis. Mm-hmm. And that can be something where I'm the average roster. I don't think is covering that. And so I I am finding that when you don't have the right answers, like alien ships can feel very one-sided. And so (laughs) I I think we, we had a game that may have felt that way. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's one where I think if you're playing dual affiliation, you still want to work in something like, do I have, do I have web warriors as one of my options? And I'm going to bring in miles like is miles, you know, or am I subbing in spider foes as my second one so that, you know, I, I can cover that situation versus say a single affiliation roster that maybe is just like, uh, I'm going to squeeze in miles into one of my flex slots because like he's just a solid three. And so you can kind of like work around that, but it's, it's definitely two different ways of solving the problem. And I'm not necessarily sure which one's better. Obviously, um, the last TTS league was one with a single affiliation roster. Cause I think Pat mm-hmm. was just playing pure straight cabal. Yep. But I mean, if you were to ask me the question of like, which one's better, I, I would be like, man, I, I have a really hard time feeling like, uh, I, f- like I truly cover enough different things with the single affiliation, but people are still having success with it. I think a lot of it also boils down to like, what is your personal play style? You know, are are you someone, are you the type of player that would rather be prepared for all eventualities? Like you want to make sure that you have a game plan for everything or are you the type of player that just says, fuck it, let's see what happens. You know, <laughs> yeah. If you're in the fuck it, let's see what happens and single affiliation works perfectly for you. You know, <clears throat> whereas if you're a little bit more methodical and want to plan things out a little bit more then yeah maybe a dual affiliation will work with you or maybe you're just a complete you know insane nutcase and you want to try you know a tri affiliation or a quad affiliation and go completely batshit insane (laughs) funny enough that's actually what the bonus episode is about this week i brought on uh i brought on ray uh, fantastic Fox, and we go into a triple threat concept that we were working on together, and I think it is quite interesting. So you guys will have to stay tuned for that. So there is the possibility of playing three affiliations in what I think is actually a very competitive way. But we're not going to dive into that too much. That's just like spoiler, like, hey, if you're following the Patreon, there's bonus episodes. But yes. subscribe to the Patreon, get the bonus episodes. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Thanks for the shout out. Um, so one of the, one of my, 
As an additional question, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, are there affiliations that prefer to be a single affiliation roster or prefer to be a dual affiliation roster? Or do you think all of them are both? No, there are definitely ones that I think prefer single. Um, Like just straight off the top of my head, I think Cabal prefers to be a single affiliation because you want as many flex spots as possible so that you can counter threats easier. Um, I think dual affiliating Cabal, unless you're doing it with Black Order, and that's the only time I would be okay with that, but I think, like, Cabal, you, you generally want to be on its own. Black Order, because of the way they're structured, they kind of have to be a single affiliation. Dueling Black Order is fucking rough. It is not an easy thing, especially as you're looking, you know, like, you just start off as with Thanos and Corvus, then you add Reality and at least one gem for Thanos, and maybe a third gem for Thanos... A second gem for Thanos. So that's three gems plus Corvus plus Thanos. That's five slots already taken. Now you need at least a couple other... You need at least one more Black Order, which is probably going to be Proxima. Maybe Black Dwarf, if you can make the case. So that leaves you with four slots left to build a second affiliation, which is not going to be easy in the slightest. I will say with Black Order, I mean, I play a Wakanda slash Black Order roster because I like the Wakandans in there anyway, and it gives me the easiest lower point build. Mm-hmm. So that because sometimes you just you just can't necessarily play the Corvus Proxima thing in too small of a game. And yeah, and, oh no, absolutely. But you are absolutely right. Like playing Black Order, I feel like I want three gems in the roster. Because I want mind and reality for sure. Yeah. And then I probably need a third gem, which could be power, could be soul. There's some flexibility there, but there's some point totals where when I'm customizing the team, it feels better to have a second gem on Thanos so that I can kind of have the right characters mm-hmm. in there. Um, and so that's that's tough where you're like, oh, well, in this situation where I'm actually not playing a fifth character, I need a third gem. Yes. Um, It definitely strains the roster, but I think Black Order still benefits pretty heavily from having another plan. Uh, It'll be something that'll probably take some extensive testing down the road, but I am curious if if there are affiliations that are maybe more easily countered if that makes sense like just say hypothetically with black order and let's say their primary plan is alien ships right maybe there ends up being some team compositions that create a big issue for that right we're just like i can't play blank into x let's just say you can't play that plan into web warriors i'm not saying that's the case but let's just say hypothetically that it is and you're just like well with the access to miles and venom strike it just screws up that plan too much in combination with if corvus walks in the middle of the board and he takes the ship and then gwen you know walks up you know um web balls him in the face and then pulls him towards the rest of the army like you know maybe that plan just doesn't work right and Mm -hmm. so you know that if your opponents have access to web warriors that you need to shift off of your plan that may work great against everyone else 
but maybe you just can't do it in that situation. And so that'll be interesting to see in the long term. Do you have any thoughts, predictions on that direction? Do you think there's going to feel like there's hard counters where a team composition will just make one uh, affiliation very hard to play? Uh, with the number of affiliations that we're getting, it's, it's going to happen. You know, it's sort of, I feel like it's an inevitability. And I don't think it's an affiliation thing. I think it's a leadership thing. I think there are definitely going to be situations where you're going to say, me taking this leadership ability is going to be extremely disadvantaged versus the squad composition that my opponent is playing. I think, would there be a point next year where someone's playing X-Men and they go up against their opponent and they say, well, Cyclops is incredibly disadvantaged into this team, so I'm going to have to play Storm instead, or I'm going to have to go to my second affiliation and play them instead. Absolutely, that's, that's going to happen because there are so many of them. For sure. And I think it'll also be interesting because obviously, as you just said, X-Men will eventually have two leaders, which, you know, we might see in the, even in the next couple of months. And so you kind of like, it's not quite the same thing as being dual affiliated, but you still end up potentially having very different advantages and like mm -hmm. the unaffiliated characters that you bring in may be totally different. Cyclops might be a much more like offensive team, right? And maybe you want Modoc in there or something. And then Storm could be a much more control oriented leadership. Again, this stuff is hypothetical at this point, but you could end up with some pretty different team compositions with two different leaders and you know who knows maybe kingpin is also a spider foes leader right like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that could be happening to shake this up so it'll be oh yeah absolutely yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see where all of this stuff starts unwinding because uh, it's something I, I bounce back and forth on. I love roster building in Marvel Crisis Protocol. It's so extremely interesting. And I love that every game provides a team building experience because mm -hmm. I, I love it. I probably messed with more decks in Magic the Gathering than I did actually play the game. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the most interesting aspects of this game that I've found is roster building and figuring that out. Now, granted, you know, as time, time goes on, things will become a little bit easier because you will see more cross-affiliation characters. You know, characters who are in more than one affiliation does make your life a lot easier. And as that list grows, you know, dual affiliation becomes a little bit easier. You're taking up a lot less slots for the second affiliation. So that's the thing is, you know, because of the release schedule for the game and the way that they designed this game, literally every single release changes everything. Yeah, it... Uh... I think I might disagree with you there. I think we're naturally going to see less impact on, from future releases at a certain point, right? We will start hitting a point where you're like, this character doesn't, it fills an interesting niche, but it doesn't have a direct impact on, say, the, the meta of the game at this moment, where maybe it needs key synergies down the road. And let's just say hypothetically, like Ant-Man and the Wasp are about to come out. 
Mm-hmm. And they're not bad characters by any means, but they don't jump out at me and go like, I have this team that I want to build with them. And they do open up the possibility of kind of a more stealth oriented team, which could be like an interesting cabal counter, that sort of thing. So there may be something that they develop into at some point. But I think as we start getting some new some new options, I don't think you're necessarily going to go, oh, every single character is going to immediately slot into one of the best rosters in the game. Like that's, that's just naturally not going to be possible. Like, and I don't think you necessarily want that happening either. If every new release is immediately going into a top tier roster, that can be kind of chaotic and also may like hints of power creep. But I think what we're more likely to see is as some of these characters release, you might go, well, that character doesn't jump out at me right now. But then at some point down the road, you're like, well, because X has released, now the best way to counter it would be Y. And I think Y is going to go back and include Ant-Man and the Wasp or something like that. And it's going to kind of... um, It's going to be kind of a naturally evolving thing. And so it's... I think my point is just... And a new release isn't necessarily going to immediately change things. Right, yes. I I will definitely agree with that. You know, um, I don't think new releases are going to be immediately slotted into, you know, the rosters that are currently sitting at the top of the meta, obviously. But what I mean when I say it changes things is in your second example, when a character is released you may say, okay, to resolve for this character, I need to go back and look at these two characters that have actually been sitting on the shelf. You know, I personally, I'm waiting the day for a character to be released for me to go, oh, look, Groot isn't trash. I actually need to play him now. That was Thanos. No, no, (laughs) no. Because if I'm playing Thanos and I see Groot, I don't give a shit. So it's obviously not that situation. So Groot still maintains on my shelf. I'm seeing uh, how many clearly, inches of dust I can get on Groot. You clearly have not had to deal with Root nearly enough. So listeners, if you play against Jamie, I think rooting his Thanos is just a thing that needs to happen more often. Um, so just a little speculation to kind of end things off. Because we've got defenders hitting now. What do you what do you think Defenders is going to end up being more of a single affiliation team, or do you think they're going to definitely want to synergize with an additional uh, roster option? I because w- obviously they're Just, very diverse, right? Like they have a th- they have a thick roster, right? They have tons. Yeah, of they do. They they have a massive roster. Their leadership ability is a decent one. But reading their leadership ability affiliation, where essentially in the roster building, you'll see, oh, you know, um, my opponent is favoring characters that are weak to energy or they're weak to mystic. So if I play defenders, I can make sure that I'm just pumping out a ton of mystic attacks and getting through defenses and stuff like that. So I think defenders would end up being more of a dual affiliation, it's kind of, I think they'll be your backup to where you get into a crisis com- combination that you're not quite too sure of. You're playing against a uh, your opponent's roster, which you're not quite too sure of. 
I think Defenders is just a solid fullback. You know, they play pretty well. They do their thing. You can get around any sort of weird shenanigans your opponent might have on their defense because of how you can shift your attacks. Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with you there. It's it's definitely going to be interesting to see, right? I think like one of the big questions is what about an Asgard defenders roster down the road? Because I think both are going to take Valkyrie a lot. So you have mm-hmm. some natural roster coverage there. Strange can potentially fit in nicely into an Asgard plan. He's a little pricey, but he could still fit into some of their bigger totals. Um, Asgard generally wants access to at least a two threat. Wong could be that. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I don't know. It'll it'll definitely be interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that defenders is going to be as reactionary, perhaps as you've suggested. We're right. Yes, their leadership allows you to customize for the situation, but I think it may also just generically allow them to like play pretty aggressively because they know that their first attack is always going to be optimal. It doesn't matter what the situation is. You don't really have to react necessarily. You're just like, right. hey, this is what I'm going to do. I can send this character after you. Uh, you know, well, let's just say they're you know, dropping Hulk in your face. It doesn't actually matter. Like His first attack is going to hex you. and It'll be a mystic punch or an energy punch or whatever he needs. So the game plan stays the same. But... The ability for them to drop that portal and like a soul gem defender, like a soul gem uh, Doctor Strange can immediately turn one, drop a portal that goes into the middle of the board and you could have like reality Corvus, right? Can use the portal right away and just step into the middle of the board and start punishing whoever came up for a hammer or, you know, uh, a wreck marker, right? Like, because mm-hmm. he can immediately, he is like reality, fa- reality Corvus starts with two power, right? So yeah. he can use, interact with the portal and then still be like, have a mystic blade to the face and get hexed. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. think my, I think my new, uh, once defenders hit, I think instead of saying something like get wrecked, I'm going to be like, get hexed noob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not disagreeing with that that that's i was just I dodoing like a lot of a lot of defenders about like hmm what are the best characters to like just portal into someone's face and i'm like this might be a good spot for black dwarf right like yeah black dwarf is just immediately like teleported like right into your opponent it only costs him one um you're probably not doing that turn one but on round two he'd have two powers so you just like I spend, I teleport into your dudes, start off with a mystic axe and hex your face and then axe you again, then probably mm-hmm. throw a size four terrain at you or something like, I think, I think there's going to be some fun. So, well, listeners, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this discussion that Jamie and I have had about single affiliation versus dual affiliation. I'm not sure there's a specific answer to this, but I think, you should be contemplating like how does it in a, how does it affect your roster? Does the second affiliation you're putting in really bring something else to the team? Like I think Avengers and Asgard can often kind of cover each other, and so maybe you know while it might be easy to build it, like does it really give you more options? Or vice versa, if you've got a single affiliation roster and you're finding that you're not able to cover key situations well enough, maybe it would be better to like just include another affiliation in there so that you you can flex to that in that situation but jamie thank you so much for recording this with me man oh of course anytime
you know, uh, I think this was another 24-hour notice, which was I'm it? always glad of. Because, <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a 24-hour notice because it means I got to scramble and take stuff down pretty quickly. And like always, if you disagree with anything I say, just email omnisprotocol at gmail.com and Charles will personally respond to you. Well, I think I messaged you on Thursday and we settled on a Sunday recording. So I don't know how the math works there, but that seems like more than 24 hours. But Look, I've been tired a lot recently. My days are kind of blurring together. Days are like this day, that day, and the other day now. All right. Well, listeners... Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want the follow-up on the triple threat roster talk with one of my Patreon subscribers, Ray, um, go ahead, support on Patreon. It's a huge help to me and keeps, you know, keeps my things going. And I like to reward the Patreon subscribers a little extra content every week. So go ahead and check that out. But all right, listeners. Well, I think the most OP thing you can do is just to ask Jamie how you should complete your roster because that's perfect.